This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 115 and it is Las Canciones de Lucha, aka a grab bag of lucha themes. And today I am joined once again by a contributor at Voices of Wrestling. It's Ricardo Gallegos. Hello, Ricardo. Hello there, Andrew. Thank you again for the invitation. Very, very excited to talk about these wonderful, wonderful themes and to be back again on this awesome podcast. Yeah, I'm glad you're back on here. Definitely, definitely. Um, last time you were on was the Roosh episode, and that yeah. was almost two years ago now, actually. Wow. Uh, before the pandemic even started. And uh, things have changed a lot since then, uh, that's for <laughs> sure. But, uh, but how have you been doing, Ricardo, this whole time? I've been doing good, you know, um, trying my best to handle this pandemic situation. To be honest, I've been a little bit disenamored with wrestling because of the club crowds and all that stuff. There hasn't been too much lucha going on. As you know, CMLL is a mess right now. It was a mess before the pandemic, and now with the crowds, <laughs> it's a bigger mess. AAA is still like my go-to company. Despite the fact that they don't have any crowds, I enjoy the shows truly. And they are doing this kind of touristic Thing where they go to these awesome locations in throughout the um, all all the Mexican uh, Mexican states, and you know it's very eye catching. It's very easy to watch. Two maybe three hours of uh, easy to watch matches. So yeah, I have been surviving through AAA mostly. <laughs> Yeah, people know with me that I'm a casual lucha fan, but uh, even I know that like CMLL is you know pretty bad these days <laughs> uh, during the pandemic. And and like you, AAA has been my go-to for lucha this whole time. But it has been mostly empty arena, which isn't great, uh, especially compared to now in America, where you have these big full crowds, of course. But uh, but then again, you know, as you all know, Ricardo, lucha is not the most stable of worlds. <laughs> even without a pandemic going on. So it, it, it's not too shocking, I guess, there. so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lucha Libre is a wild ride, definitely. You never know. Like, in the last six months, we've had a couple of companies that have tried to start uh, Lucha companies and are already dead. So, <laughs> yep. yeah, it's not not the best time to, to be attempting to... Lucha companies usually die pretty quickly. And now when you try to start them during a pandemic, well, here's the result. You know, uh, Rush and uh, Alberto El Patron, who, by the way, shouldn't be anywhere near a ring, but he is. Um, they, those experiments have been completely complete and utter failures. And uh, deservedly so. Like, why would you try to do it right now? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I remember that uh, announcement for that uh, Federacion wrestling with, you know, Roosh and Andrade and those guys and seeing people online being like, oh my God, this is so cool. They got a great lineup here. This is great. And it's like Cubs fan and Rob Viper yeah. had to step in and be like, 
you know, guys, pump the brakes, all right? This won't end well. And sure enough, they were kaput before the first show even happened. And then, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. But, but yeah, it, it's just one of those perfect storms of typical lucha politics and ego and bullshit and the pandemic. So it was, it was bound to fail, I think, Ricardo. Yeah, you don't, don't be naive. Remember, it's lucha. You can only trust AAA and CML right now. Unfortunately, I wish we could have a more uh, a more stable growth, but that's how things stand. And there's, as you said, there's a lot of politics going on. There's a lot of weird interests. There's a lot of bullshit, to be honest, in, in lucha mm-hmm. libre. So let's try to be um, grateful for what we have. At least we have a great wild company that. By the way, it's having uh, its biggest show of the year this upcoming Saturday, uh, Triple Mania, which sounds pretty cool on paper. So uh, tune in to to watch that. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's the reason why we're doing a Lucha episode now is because, yeah, Triple Mania 29 is just in a few days. And it's it's a pretty good lineup, too. I mean, you got Kenny Omega versus Andrade. You got uh, Psycho Clown versus Rey Scorpion and Hair versus Mask Match. You got the Lucha Brothers, you got Vikingo, Laredo Kid, Black Taurus, uh, Drago, Pagano, Mr. Iguana. All, all the favorites are on there. And I, I always make it a point to watch Triple Mania every year because it's always a memorable show, you know? Um, not always a great show, mind you, but <laughs> it's always a memorable show uh, for one reason or another, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my advice is if you haven't seen AAA, if you don't like Lucha, try to watch Triple Mania because, uh, as as Andrew said, it's memorable. It's a wild, wild ride with clowns flying around. Uh, some of them are on fire. We have uh, the most crazy bombs. And for for those of you who watch AEW, who watch New Japan, Kenny Omega is gonna be against Andrade, who is a, a great luchador. So, you know, there's going to be quality, there's going to be high flying stuff, and there's going to be craziness. The triple main is always a great time. Also, like in the last couple of years, well, no, well, three, three or four years, despite the fact that we could go to to the shows, um. I, I didn't even do it because the online experience of it all, the online experience during Triple Mania is great. Like everyone's like uh, having a lot of fun, uh, tweeting memes, tweeting gifs. <laughs> uh, there, there are again, there are fans that don't tune into AAA, and this is like the only night a year where they do so. Uh, and just reading the reactions is wonderful because it's like, <laughs> oh my God, what's going on? This guy just hit Ugo Sabinovich with a chair and Ugo <laughs> shouting everywhere and the clown is now on fire. What the fuck is going on? So it's it's a very, very fun time. The online experience makes it, makes it even more wild somehow. Yeah, Twitter is just so much fun with a show like this because it'll just give you gold the whole way through. You know, whether it's like Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Blue Demon Jr., where the finish is a guy getting hit in the head with a cinder block, or, you know, Vampiro shouting, where's the fucking music? Where's my fucking music? When he's supposed to do a run-in. You know, it's always a guessing game what you're going to get, whether it's good, bad, just plain funny or weird. But I think regardless of the memes or whatever, it's going to be a fun time, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Make sure to tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun, I promise you. 
Yeah, and, and as long as our main man, Hugo Savinovich, is there, I'll be a happy boy, Ooh. regardless. Like, you know, as long as he's there to shout, Peligro! Peligro! Or, Un poquito! <laughs> or, get it with a guitar, ah! Ah! I'll, I'll be a happy camper, regardless there, oh Ricardo. God, yes, Hugo is such a joy. What a character, what a man. And and, and to be honest, in, in Spanish, his partner, Jose Manuel Guillén, is one of the be- For me, he's the best play-by-play announcer in the game right now. He's wonderful. He can do e- e- anything. Right now, he was just announcing Olympic Games in Mexico, and he was wonderful at it. And in Lucha Libre, he's also fantastic. So that, that team, Hugo and, and Jose Manuel, is, is, is a blast. They know a lot. They try to... to um, infect you with their energy and their passion for, for Lucha Libre. So it's, it's a win-win situation. All right, cool. Well, um, let's get to these themes here. And uh, as far as the wrestlers go, oh, we have a nice mix of you know legends and some more contemporary guys. And as far as the songs go, uh, these are not necessarily the current songs that these guys use. Um, rather, it's the song that they're best known for having or at least one of their best-known songs, which I think in this case is the right way to go, Ricardo. Yeah, this is a great mix of legendary themes. Some of them, I think mostly of them are now not longer in use, but you, whenever you hear that song in whatever context, you if you are a wrestling fan, you immediately think of these people, and it's going to be a blast, a great selection we have today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in any event, uh, these songs are not what you would call um, copyright friendly. Uh, so I predict the YouTube video of this episode to be blocked uh, pretty quickly, I think. <laughs> and and with Lucha, you know, uh, for those that are not familiarized, there's uh, like copyright is non-existent in the Lucha Libre. Oh, yeah. Like, no, so, well, recently AAA has done the effort of doing original themes for, for their wrestlers, but that was before 2018 2019 that was non-existent just the most uh, even if a band had some great themes the AAA or CMLL would use the most famous of them you know Seek and Destroy Master of Puppets Enter Sandman no? you won't hear like Orion or <laughs> or uh, I, I, I don't know and Justice for All now you will hear the the biggest hit songs the, the ones that would make you Make your video immediately be taken down by YouTube. I mean, on the Roosh episode we did, we were playing, you know, Pitbull and Kanye West and Chris Benoit's theme. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's the Wild West in a lot of ways, as we've often brought up on this podcast many yeah. times. Okay, uh, let's start off then with the man currently known as Caristico, uh, formerly Mysticis, formerly the first Sin Cara in WWE. Uh, but he first became a big, big, big star in Mexico in the 2000s when he was known as Mystico, or Mystico 1, we should say. Mystico's theme is by the music project Era of their self-titled album. This is Ameno. Torime, interimo adapare, torime, Ameno, Ameno, lanciere. Lanciremo, dorime, ameno, comandare imperabi, ameno, dimere, dimere, mantiro, mantiremo, ameno, comandare imperabi. 
So I feel like we just stepped into one of those new age CD commercials, you know, pure soul, a two CD set or whatever. Uh, very new agey, very tranquil. Got the Gregorian chanting going on. It's really not your your typical aggressive macho or, or upbeat kind of theme that we're used to in wrestling, but you know, when your name is Mystico, you know, mystical, mystic, that whole thing, it does go hand in hand, Ricardo. Yeah, this theme is uh, kind of gorgeous and perfectly used for Mystico, who uh, his original character was that he was raised by luchador priest Frey Tormenta, and therefore he's like part of this, he has this religious theme, his gimmick. So this feels like with the Gregorian chants and all that stuff, it feels like a perfect fit for, for this man that, um, again, when, when you, when Mystico had his legendary run, um, and you went to Arena Mexico, listening to this song was truly special. Like you, it's one of those chill-inducing uh, themes that pointed at the arrival of a major talent. You were uh, about to see the greatest luchador on earth. And again, the, the combination of music and character was pitch perfect right here. Yeah, there's very much a, a religious and heavenly element to the whole thing, which, again, the Latin chanting does play into, which is funny because it's not real Latin. It's like it's yeah. mostly just made up words that sound like Latin. But, but, but yeah, I think the song with its, you know, mystical and religious overtones, it does color him as this sort of heavenly figure, as this wrestler who is, quote-unquote, chosen by God in a way, which is the gimmick. But even beyond that, it's like... Seeing just how massively popular this guy was in Mexico in the mid to late 2000s, he was very much a real-life, quote-unquote, chosen one of Lucha in a lot of ways, Ricardo. Yeah, he... he like the, Lucha Libre is popular, but sometimes it doesn't get to the mainstream level. With Mystico, he did. Like, you would watch the sports highlights, the Sunday sports highlights, you know, with soccer, with baseball, whatever, and they would include a clip of Lucha Libre, of Mystico defending the mask, because that's how huge he was. Like, everyone knew who he was. People that don't know anything about Lucha Libre would hear his name. He was in political ad campaigns. He was in uh, Dulce's campaigns on TV. He, he was everywhere. He, he even had a, a music video of a famous band at that time uh, uh, shooting around his his image. So, yeah, Mystico, again, right now we have this image of the idiot who was in WWE falling, botching, you know, the bochamania, the, <laughs> maybe the most popular bochamania figure of all time, Sin Cara. But before that, he was huge. I think he was like the, the only luchador to ever win the Wrestling Observer uh, Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, it's in my notes. Yeah, the Observer Awards in 06. Yeah. He won Wrestler of the Year, which just tells you how big he was, not just to, to fans in Mexico, but to fans paying attention elsewhere in the world. I mean, the guy was huge. And then he goes to WWE as Sin Cara. And, and I remember the hype online over him going there was a lot. I mean, it was yeah. a big deal. But yeah, it just it did not work out at all between the, the botches, the injuries, uh, the mood lighting, the suspensions, all that sort of stuff. He, he never got close to what he did during his big run in CMLL. It was a, it was a real fall from the heavens, you might say, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, it was such a such a mess. Like even 
a couple of years ago, Rich and Joe invited me to their uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, chat. And there's always this controversy around the figure of Mystico. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? Because whatever he did before WWE kind of got swept away by the laziness of it all by how bad he was after that so he, he's a very weird figure like right now he he doesn't even put too much effort into it he's there to take the love from the crowd to get attention but you watch one of his matches and you watch it all so yeah he, he's a very weird figure and I, I was i was watching some old matches of him and it was quite disturbing because during his his entrances he was getting announced like this a submissive and obedient member of opus day of a right wing group called el junke which is like what the fuck that 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 why are they saying this the kind of things like he's this very religious fascist guy why it's kind <laughs> of wild right now but it was like a long time ago but again they the the announcer kept nailing the point that this was very religious this guy was like a, a I don't know like a work of God and again playing with the Latin American obsession or well the, the Latin American connection with Catholicism. As you may know, Latin Americans are very, very Catholic. And uh, Mystico was a perfect blend. Again, um, innovator, charismatic, and then you had this gimmick that could be easily relatable to casual fans. It was the perfect storm at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mystico 2 also uses Amino as his theme, which, you know, same gimmick makes sense there. Um, but when, when it comes to Mystico 2, I always think of just like how weird the whole Mystico lineage is. Because originally there was a guy named Mystico. Then CMLL got the name rights to it and made their own Mystico, who is the famous one we all know. Then that original Mystico became known as Incognito. Then Mystico goes to WWE and becomes Sin Cara. They bring in Incognito as Sin Cara Negro, the evil Sin Cara. They feud, and then Sin Cara Negro becomes Hunico. But then the first Sin Cara, aka Mystico, gets let go by WWE. So in like a weird bit of karmic fate, Hunico, the guy who got replaced by Mystico, is now replacing Mystico as Sin Cara. He becomes the new Sin Cara. Mystico goes back to Mexico and renames himself Mysticis and then Caristico. Why? Because CMLL owns the name Mystico. Speaking of, CMLL gives the Mystico gimmick to a new guy named Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee becomes Mystico 2, and Mystico 2's brother becomes the new Dragon Lee, who we all know from his matches with like Hiromu and New Japan and ROH and all that stuff. So, whew. Did you get all that, Ricardo? <laughs> yeah, it's very weird and very lucha-like stuff. It sucks because they, there are always this confusion online somehow about people thinking, you know, this is Inkara, this is the original Mystico. No, this is the new Mystico. What is going on? And it's uh, so unnecessary. Why? It was very also very dumb by CMLL because why would you give a young talent such as the now? Mystico, the new Mystico, why would you give him that burden of carrying the name of one of the most legendary luchadors of the last couple of decades? So, and 
because of that, the poor guy who I think is very talented, he's actually Dragon Lee's brother, uh, he always get, gets booed out of the building. Like people see him as this like thief. This man stole the name and it's not his fault. Just CML was very stupid and put him and gave him that gimmick. But yeah, it's 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 a shame and it's unnecessary, but here we are. Yep, here we are. Here we are. Moving on now to Luchador number two. And um, I've always wanted to say this on the show, Ricardo, and I finally can. The Doctor is in. Because it's time to talk about Dr. Wagner Jr. Or Ray Wagner, as he's also known. Wagner has been a top star in Mexico for decades. Uh, He's the son of Dr. Wagner Sr., of course. And the brother of the late Silver King, WCW. Wagner's theme is by Bon Jovi, off the album New Jersey. This is... Bad medicine. It's funny how with Amino we talked about the mysticism, the spirituality, the new ageness of the whole thing. None of that is here with this one. I mean, this is just straight up 80s glam metal. Big guitars, big harmonies, suggestive lyrics, sexual overtones, tons of hairspray. I mean, this is the exact opposite of Amino, which is okay because it works so well as a wrestling theme in general and as a theme for Wagner. I mean, Bad Medicine, Dr. Wagner Jr., it's a no-brainer, Ricardo. Yeah, this is perfect. This song was made for a wrestling superstar, and Doctor Wagner Jr. is just that. He has the swagger and the charisma to, to make bad medicine work. Like whenever he he enters a building, you you can feel the energy, and you know with the guitars roaring and Bon Jovi singing, it's such a perfect mix. Again, definitely, yeah. It's it's not what I would call a deep song, really. Um, your love is like bad medicine. Bad medicine is what I need. Oh, shake it up, just like bad medicine. There ain't no doctor that can cure my disease. Like, you get it. And the lyrical connection to Wagner does kind of stop with the whole doctor medicine thing. But like you said, I I still think it works so well for him as a theme, just in terms of, you know, matching his aura and his star power. You know, he's he's a megastar and has just tons of charisma and crowd connection. And you need a song that can just match that and have that same feel and energy to it. And I think this one does for sure, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great uh, theme that Wagner makes it work. And again, it, bad medicine. Dr. Wagner Jr. is kind of a bad medicine for, for Lucha Libre. He disappears, then he appears again, then he says he's going to retire, and he creates controversy, he makes noise, people still love him, some hate him. Whatever he does, he, he seems to be popping a number or at least catching the attention of casual audiences. So he, he's kind of this medicine for wrestling, you know. Whenever there's trouble in AAA, we don't know what's going to be the next 
main event for Triple Mania. We don't know where are we going. Let's call the doctor. The doctor is going to be our medicine to solve it all. So it's kind of a great fit. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, you know, there are just so many guys in Lucha who have used like 10, 20, 30 themes in their career. For the most part, this has been Wagner's theme. Whether he's in AAA, CMLL, or wherever, like this is his song. And I know right now in AAA he uses a sound alike of Bad Medicine, which is, is fine, but when I, when I think of Dr. Wagner Jr., I'll always think of Bad Medicine no matter what, Ricardo. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be stamped with the name of, of Dr. Wagner, and I, I miss it. Like the, the new theme, AAA did a, a good job with the new themes, trying to replace the copyright ones, but this one is. is yeah, you you miss it. You you miss bad medicine uh, when whenever Doctor Wagner Jr. comes out, and it's it's a shame. But whatever, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like when he lost the mask to Psycho Clown a few years ago, and people were like, "Oh my God, this is so huge! It's the end of an era! I can't believe it!" Then he takes it off, and everyone's reaction was, "Oh my God, he's hot!" <laughs> like, all of a sudden, he's turned into this, like, super hot grandpa luchador. So, it was like, yeah, it's sad he lost the mask and whatnot, but he's a hunk, so it's not too bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's your handsome sugar daddy, you know? And, uh, he behaves like one. Like, again, it's, it's such a perfect uh, storm. Like, he behaves like the sugar daddy that lives next door, and he's like, you know, I don't know, uh, mourning the law without a shirt on, and he's... Uh, going to exotic trips you 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 so if you follow dr Wagner on instagram you will see how extravagant he is he's just this larger than life dude that does wild stuff and uh, i don't know he it all encompasses his vibe his charisma you know he's he's a guy that regardless of the controversies of the fact that he's always losing his hair he he's he's a guy that always draws and he's always beloved by, by the casual audiences because he's a household name. Up next, we're going to go to uh, easily the most famous luchador on the list here today because when people talk about lucha legends, three names usually come up first. El Santo, Blue Demon, and this guy, Mil Mascaras. A guy who is not just a very influential wrestler, but also just a pop culture icon and hero all over Mexico. Meal's theme has been used in Mexico, but it was also used a lot in All Japan, where Meal was a big star there too. It's by the band Jigsaw, off of both the album Sky High and the movie The Man from Hong Kong. This is called Sky High.
So in case you can't tell, we're in the 70s, baby. Um, seems pretty obvious with that sound. That specific, you know, orchestral disco pop kind of sound from that era. Which, again, not your typical wrestling theme in today's world. But you gotta remember, Mule was using this decades ago. When it first came out, pretty much. And this was a hit, too. This was a big hit single, including in Japan. So, yeah, this is not your typical wrestling theme, of course. But you think of it with the mentality of, you know... It's back in the day, Neil Mascaris is a big star, he needs music. Oh, here's this hit song called Sky High. There we go. It, it was just, it was a different thought process back then, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, but first of all, Andre, I want to say that this, this movie, The Man from Hong Kong, I have never seen it. I watched the trailer and it looks awesome. Like, it's, it's such a perfect fit also for for a luchador because it's just action and uh, high-flying stuff. And, you know, Neil Mascaras is, a, uh, as you said, a legend, an icon in Mexican Lucha Libre, but I think he has garnered this reputation of being kind of a problematic, you know, not problematic, maybe being uh, selfish. You know, there's these lots of legends like Mick Foley and Chris Jericho who said he that Neil Mascaras refused to sell for others. And he... And... But, but we have to remember, this was another time. He grew up in a different era, and that's why Sky High is the name of, of this theme. It's, again, I sound like a broken record, but it's a perfect fit because Mil Mascaras is um, he's seen in Japan as the man that brought high-flying maneuvers to, to the country, to Puroresu. So what better theme than this one, Sky High? Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned the movie. I haven't seen it either, but uh, from what I read, the two big elements of that movie are martial arts and hang gliding. Uh, and in other words, uh, fighting and flying, which, if you think about it, that's what Mil Mascaris does. He fights and he flies. So, in a weird way, it does kind of work as a theme in that sense. Um, lyrically, though, not so much, because... Sky High, you think flying, Neil Mascaris, that works. But the story of the song is about a broken relationship. I gave you love. I thought that we had made it to the top. I gave you all I have to give. Why did it have to stop? You've blown it all sky high by telling me a lie without a reason why. Uh, again, not the kind of lyrics that you would expect in a wrestling theme. But again, it was a different era, I suppose, Ricardo, where it was more about the overall sound and relevance of a song than the lyrics, I suppose. Yeah, I, probably Mil Mascaras heard it once and said, you know, I want this. I don't know what... Maybe I, he doesn't even know English, but this sounds cool. This sounds like... This, it, it's weird because it feels hopeful. Like the song feels hopeful and kind of loving, but also makes you want to, to watch an action flick, makes you feel or think about explosions and martial arts. And again, it's... Mil Mascaras was this hero. He was in uh, action luchador films in Mexico. In fact, the character itself, Mil Mascaras, was first uh, born out of the necessity of a new name for Lucha Libre films. Then he became popular because of wrestling too. But uh, uh, Mil Mascaras, uh, he, he starred in many movies. Uh, he... he he was alone by himself. He also starred with Blue Santo, but with Blue Santo, with Blue Demon and El Santo. And uh, a curious fact here: the first movie, the first luchador movie in which he appeared, it was uh, self-titled Mil Mascaras in 1966. 
the character story was very ambitious. Like he was supposed to be a, a baby that was saved during World War II by a group of scientists trying to uh, train him to be a, the perfect athlete, the perfect human to fight for goodness. And then when they achieved it, when Neil Mascaras was fully formed, they sent him not to fight against the nuclear menace, not to fight against revolutions or whatever. They sent him to fight against random gangsters in uh, in the lucha libre industry that were trying to be <laughs> <laughs> So it was all or nothing. Well, I know that he's uh, he fought an Aztec mummy in a movie a few years ago, yeah. so... He's fighting all sorts of, you know, fun characters and creatures and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, Neil, he's not someone I've seen a lot of compared to other guys out there, but guy's a legend, that's for sure. And, uh, he thinks so himself, definitely, because you brought up the stories. I mean, the guy has an ego on him. Um, I mean, I remember reading McFoley's book, Have a Nice Day, and, uh, he's not a fan of the guy after, uh, wrestling him in WCW, which, Look, if Mick Foley doesn't like you, that kind of says a lot right there, you know. Yeah. But but listen, listen, it, when you're deified in your home country, you know, if, if you're given godlike status, you're going to get an ego, Ricardo. It, it does make sense in that regard. Yeah, I mean, Mick Foley is great and an icon, but did he defeat a mummy? Uh, did he fought against vampires and shit? You must have did, you know? <laughs> And he's still wrestling, too. Like, that's the crazy thing. He's yeah. still wrestling. His last match was in 2019, and he is not retired yet, technically, which is equal parts amazing, baffling, concerning, given that he's 79 years old. And I watched a video of him the other day having a match, and it looks so ridiculous seeing him in the ring, just moving so slowly. He can barely walk. His opponents basically have to do the moves on themselves at this point. Like, it's ridiculous. But again, ego, pride, the wrestling mentality, it's its a very potent mix, Ricardo, that's for sure. Yeah, it's astonishing. <laughs> he also starred in a movie in 2015, like what, six years ago? Um, one of his movies in 2007, Mil Mascaras vs. Jastic Mummy, was received by critical appraise during film festivals. So, so the guy is doing pretty well for himself. Again, it all maybe went to his head. Maybe he's a bit selfish. But he he's done his part in the history of lucha libre, and maybe he has a, a right to to be such a jerk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe who knows? Who knows? Song number four, and this is for another legend, a guy who's been around for uh, 30 years at this point, actually, mostly in CMLL. It's Ultimo Guerrero. Uh, no relation to the Guerrero family, but Ultimo has been a big CMLL guy for many years now, held a bunch of their titles and whatnot. His famous theme is by the band Queen, off of News of the World. This is We Will Rock You. Gonna take on the world 
got blood on your face, a big disgrace, waving your banner all over the place. We will, we will rock you. Sing it, we... So we go from a song that doesn't really feel like a wrestling theme to one that absolutely does, because it's been used in every single sporting event in the history of mankind, pretty much. And it's been used a bunch in wrestling as well, for different guys. And why not? It's the ultimate hype-up song for a crowd. You know, it is arguably the most famous beat in all of music history. Boom, boom, cha. Boom, boom, cha. The group chant, we will, we will rock you. Like, it's such an obvious choice, Ricardo. Yeah, it's a great fit, also for the live experience, as you said. And Ultima is this super charismatic dude. He's ugly as all heck. But <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he's very charismatic, and he, he can command the crowd. And he commands the crowd. He has his, you know, his uh, raise the roof chant. He does all this wonderful Lucha Libre action. And We Will Rock You, as you said, is the ultimate song to, to involve the crowd, to involve a group of people, you know, with the clapping and stuff, with the singing. So, again, it's, it's a great combination for, for Ultima. Mm-hmm. But, well, it's a pretty striking song, too, in terms of, of just how minimal it is, because it's only two minutes long, and most of it is just a cappella, with Freddie Mercury singing and the stomping and clapping, and it's only until the end, when Brian May comes in with a guitar, that there's any actual, like, real rock music in there. But I think the fact that it is so simple and so sparse, it works, because, you know, everyone can join along with it. That's why Queen made the song, is to make the fans be part of the show, And the same is true for wrestling crowds, because you play this at a wrestling show, and it's pretty impossible not to get into it, Ricardo. Yeah, definitely a great choice. And, you know, you watch CMLL on YouTube, and the mic, the the crowd is not mic'd properly. You barely hear the songs, you barely hear the crowd, but believe me, Arena Mexico, the, the sound of being there is incredible. It's probably the, the greatest arena I've been to, because... You know, you can feel the crowd. And when Ultimo comes out with We Will Rock You, people start stomping on the ground. And you can feel the the vibration of of that. And you can feel the energy and the claps. And it's such such an incredible experience. Again, in in YouTube, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't uh, feel special. But if you have, in the future, uh, an opportunity to go to Arena Mexico with a full live crowd if we ever return to that which i doubt but if if it's possible go go to arena mexico if you hate cmll it doesn't matter because the experience you know having a lot of foreigners there that don't know what the fuck is going on but suddenly <laughs> we will rock your sound and they start clapping and stomping their feet the energy and, and the sound of, of arena mexico is just incredible and the ultimo knows how to feed from that and use it in his matches. It's pretty special. And the funny thing is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ultimo has spent the majority of his career as a Rudo, yeah. a bad guy. So you've got like this big bad guy coming out to like the most rah-rah, come on, let's go, everybody, song out there, which it's a bit strange, <laughs> I'd say, but uh, I guess even Rudos have their fans, Ricardo. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he's one of those guys that I think has surpassed the line. Even if he's the biggest Rudo out there, people just love him because he's a legend now. He's well known for by everyone. And again, uh, this it, it really he, he has 
blended that line between Rudo and Technico and just everybody loves him and respects him now. Mm-hmm. I tell you what isn't blurring any lines. Um, that face of his. Oh boy. Uh, that, uh, not a looker is, is that man, Ultimo Guerrero. Um, he, he is the opposite of Wagner, where he took the mask off and people were like, put it back on, put it back on, Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, I mean, the guy is a legend. I, I love him, but he's got a face for radio, Ricardo. That's for sure. It's a face not even a mother could love. Oh. Hey now, I hope he's not listening. (laughs) In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Moving on now to the next luchador. And uh, this guy is one of the best in Mexico today. Maybe one of the best in the world. Uh, Someone who I always make time to watch their hype stuff. It's Hijo del Vikingo from AAA. uh, Part of the Jinetes del Aire stable with Laredo Kid. Octagon Jr. and Mysticis Jr. Uh, Vikingo's theme is by the composer Ramin Jawadi, who did the music for Game of Thrones, Prison Break, Westworld, Pacific Rim, Iron Man, a whole bunch of stuff. This is from the soundtrack to the Warcraft movie, 
It's called Warcraft. This is the first song that isn't a pop song or a single or whatever. It's film score, and uh, it has some power to it. Has some real heft to it with the horns and the big percussion and whatnot. It does build and build to a nice crescendo. So it's not a song like "Bad Medicine" or "We Will Rock You," where it's really popular and a lot of people know it. I, I doubt many people could hear this and think, "Ah, yeah, the Warcraft movie." Um, but regardless, you know, for a guy called Iho Delvi Kingo. You think Viking, you think warrior, ancient battlefields and whatnot. It does fit him in that sense for sure, Ricardo. Yeah, it's it's a great fit. Like you first see him, lay eyes lay eyes on him, and he's like this small dude, doesn't look too menacing. But then when he enters the ring, it's like holy shit, what am I watching? And the the music is like a war cry of some sort. Like it prophetizes prophetizes that something is about to happen. Maybe it's not the music of a final boss, but it's a music that hypes you up. You know, the, the, the war drums. Look at this guy. He's going to do something special. Don't take your eyes off him. And when that uh, bell, bell ring sounds, poof, you, you get your mind blown by the stuff he's able to do. Yeah, I think this is one of those cases where it's more about the gimmick and his kind of aura yeah. As opposed to the actual, like, guy himself. Because I mentioned, you know, the power and the heft behind this song and how foreboding and serious it sounds. If you didn't know Vikingo, you might hear this and assume he's, like, some big muscle power guy. He's not that. As you mentioned, he's a smaller guy who does all these incredible athletic flips and dives and, and just rolls everywhere. Like, his own style and body in and of itself doesn't necessarily match the music, but... You take the Viking gimmick and, and what he makes you feel when you watch him, like that awe and that that cinematic wonder to him, like it does work well in that sense, Ricardo, I think. Oh yeah, that's that's a perfect word. This is cinematic. When you watch Hijo del Vikingo, it's like this uh, Hollywood-esque uh, stunt that you are about to watch. It's something you, you that truly blows your mind and i i had no idea that this team was from the from the warcraft score and i'm a big film score aficionado so it was a great surprise and as you said ramin uh, jawadi he composed yeah. game of thrones pacific rim so he certainly knows how to add an epic flair to to a certain piece of entertainment and in this case accidentally he he set us up with the epicness that the king can bring to the to the ring mm-hmm 
And like with Wagner, uh, he now uses a sound-alike or ripoff of this song in AAA. And uh, that one actually has lyrics about Vikingo, apparently. Yeah. Which um, I don't think is that big of a deal that they replaced it in this case. Because, you know, like with Bad Medicine, you don't really want that song to go away because it's Bad Medicine. But this song, you know, it's film score. It's not that memorable or catchy. Like, I don't really mind to get rid of it, Ricardo. Yeah, neither do I. I think it, his new team is great. The... It has, as you mentioned, this Vikingo lyrics, like Vikingo or something like that. And it works kind of good. It, it adds a, a little bit of flair to his entrance, you know. And maybe this this might be my favorite theme of the new AAA crop of themes. So it's it's great. It's great. And I'm very happy that Vikingo is getting this sort of attention. And hopefully he gets some sort of visa to, to work elsewhere too. <laughs> Right, yeah. I mean, I mean, as long as he keeps doing his crazy shit in the ring, I don't care what music he has, you know, because that guy, it's amazing. Like, every time I think, you know, I've seen every flip, I've seen every dive and springboard there is, it's all been done before. That guy comes along and just slaps me in the face and shows me something new and incredible. It's amazing. Like, he is easily the best high flyer in the world right now. You know, him, Ray Phoenix, Dragon Daya... Like, those are the guys right now in wrestling these days. And I'm just waiting for him to break big in America. Because he was on Impact, but those were the Mexico tapings. Yeah, I want him on Dynamite just going nuts, you know, or, or PWG. Like, he has to come to America and just take the country by storm. He has to. Yeah, and if that fails, it's a good thing that AAA is pushing him. Usually that kind of talent would get buried. Like Phoenix and Pentagon were buried by AAA by many, many years. They were just a uh, feature in the, in the card and going nowhere. But with Vikingo, you have the, the, the sense that the company is actively trying to push him. They gave him big trophies, big wins, big positions. I don't know if they will push him to the main event, but at least we know he... They want him as some sort of champion, you know, cruiserweight champion, as this uh, this flag bearer for high flying action in the company. So at least if he never gets a visa, he will uh, still have all the love from AAA, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Up next is Luchador number six, and uh, sadly, this is someone who is no longer with us. It's Pero Aguayo Jr. or Hijo del Pero Aguayo, either one. Aguayo was best known as the leader of the big heel stable Perros del Mal, which eventually became its own indie promotion with the same name. His theme is by Cartel de Santa, off their self-titled album. This is Perros. Antes de intentar tocar a mi gente De donde vengo las cosas son muy diferentes Como el jefe de jefes Tengo a mis perros en la línea Van a llorar como niñas cuando sientan mis mordidas Aún no han hecho la tumba para el real Mesía Soy el maestro, el quinto elemento Ligero como el viento Muchos me quieren ver muerto Pero lo siento, soy más duro que el cemento Y en la calle recibí el mejor entrenamiento ¿Dónde están perros? Quiero verlos saltando Dame más perros Quiero verlos gritando Quiero más perros Ya los... 
we've had classic rock, we've had film score, soft rock, new age. It was only a matter of time before we got Latin gangster rap. And this is one of the more recognizable wrestling themes of this genre, I think. I hear that opening, dun, 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 dun. I know what it is right away. And we've talked Ricardo on here about songs having tenuous connections to the wrestlers. But in this case, you've got a bad guy named Pedro Aguayo Jr., a badass aggressive heel stable called Perros del Mal, and a song called Perros, which is about being cool, aggressive badasses. It's about as perfect a theme as you can get there, Ricardo. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. This theme slaps, Cartel de Santa slaps, and this has become an immortal theme for, for Lucha Libre fans. You know, Perro del Mal were absolutely huge. Uh, I talked about uh, Mystico earlier, and uh, Perro del Mal, the brand Perros del Mal was known to pretty much everyone. You know, even if you had no clue what was going on in the world of Lucha Libre, you for certain have seen the name Perros del Mal or at least their slogan, which was like Dios perdona, los perros no, God forgives, God forgives, los perros don't. Um, so, you know, the name and the slogan, they were known to people. And, and this song encompasses how dangerous, how cool and how badass Los, los Perros del Mal were. Yeah, you translate the lyrics and they're pretty straightforward for a song like this. I am the eagle that devoured the serpent, powerful like an AK-47. Think twice before trying to touch my people. Where I come from, things are very different. Like the boss of bosses, I got my dogs on the line. They will cry like girls when they feel my bites. I melt microphones like plastic on fire. My voice is so hot it can melt iron. I entertain your mother when your father is away. Like, it's right in line with the genre. And this song, it obviously wasn't written for wrestling, but the bravado, the machismo, the threatening aura, the peros motif. Donde están peros? Get a mouse peros. Again, it works so well in this context, Ricardo, for this, you know, specific guy and group. Yeah, yeah, the lyrics work as a portrayal of the strength of the unity of the faction, you know. Think twice before you try to touch my people, you know. You touch one perro del mal, you are going to get uh, fucked up by, by everyone, you know. The, the line also, donde están mis perros, where are my dogs, is like a, it works as a call to the fans, to the perro yes. del mal fans. You know? Where are our fans? Where are our fellow perros? Where are them? You know, it's, it's perfect. That was in my notes, the, the flexibility of the song. You know, it, it can work as a singles theme or a stable theme because it's written in the first person and Peros can refer to the stable, obviously, but it can also refer to Peros fans. Where my dog's at? Where my fans at? You know, so it's very flexible, which is a good thing because he had this song for many years and um, there were a lot of people in that stable, of course. So <laughs> this song got a lot of play. So it's a good thing it worked, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And again, it, it, it was great for, for Perro Aguayo Jr. Because, you know, the line, like the boss of bosses, I got my dogs on the line. You know, it's all about Perro Aguayo being a great leader for his people. You know, he, he, he truly encompasses what... Uh, a faction leader should be, you know, he's this cool badass dude that would throw his his life for his perros, you know, and uh, also it's very important this invasion storyline storyline that came with the perros del mal because the, the, the perros started out as la la furia del norte in CML, then they evolved to los perros del mal. 
when they left CMLL, they created their own promotion, the Perros del Mal Producciones, and then they invaded AAA. So again, this song feels like a war rally, you know? We are the Perros, we are coming for our territory, we are coming to invade, to wreak havoc, to change things, you know, the barking in the call, again, where are my dogs, let's invade this shit. It's tremendous. And it's still being used to this day, technically, because right now in Noah, they've got Peros del Mal de Japón with Nosawa Rangai, Kataro Suzuki, Hikuru Hidaka, Eita. And the song starts with that same little guitar pattern. That's how it starts. Then it goes into a different song from there. But but yeah, it's still keeping that, that Peros del Mal spirit going with the, the music cue and the stable and whatnot. Um even though Aguayo himself has been gone for oof, six years now already, it's it's pretty wow. crazy, Ricardo. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Six years, fuck. It's uh, Perro Perro dying was again a very a big thing in media, in Mexican media. It was controversial and it was very sad because he was on his way to becoming one of, if not the best and most popular luchador in Mexico. So it was a, a horrendous tragedy but um it's good at least that, that the name lives on and uh, I, I know you you read all those names from los perros del mal de japón and i want to take a shower to be honest <laughs> but, <laughs> hey it's, it's something you know it's it's for me and eita kind of encompasses that like his love for mexico you know he uses all this mexican slang and the mexican symbols on his clothes and his slogans and you know the, the man was truly it's clear that the man was moved by his experience in mexico and the, the influence that perros del mal had on on, on this whole vibe of, of, of in mexican lucha libre it was very important Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, griminess aside, uh, it is cool to see them like keep his memory alive after all these years, especially given how just how awful his, his death was. And I don't want to get too down here, but for those that don't know, the way he died, um, he was in a tag match with Rey Mysterio down in Mexico, and Rey gave him a dropkick to the back that put him into the ropes for a 619, which he's done that setup move like a billion times over the years. But in this case... The whiplash broke three vertebrae in Perro's spine, and that led to him passing out and eventually suffering from cardiac arrest, which killed him. Just a, a total freak accident that's just so awful. And I feel so bad for Ray because, like I said, it's just a simple dropkick that he's done a million times over the years. But in this case, it was enough to cause the injury and his death. And it's mm-hmm. just so sad, Ricardo. That's... That's all there is to say. It's just, it's so sad. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, Ray Mysterio is such a nice guy. Like Everyone that has met him yeah. said that he is, and now he has to live with, with this shit. And also, Mexican media, unfortunately, played their part. They were blaming the stuff on him. He killed him, and people to this day say that Ray Mysterio killed Perro Aguayo, which is so stupid. So stupid. Um, and so, so unfortunate. Like, this wonderful dude that uh, is obviously as sweet as Apple. He he's he has to carry this burden with him. It's it's horrendous, but it was a tragedy. And you know, as I said, it's it's good that 
uh, that we can remember Perro as this larger than life star and then that his name lives on with this song and uh, with the, the, the faction that was like, just like him uh, managed to broke out into the pop culture, at least in Mexico. Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. Well, let's get the mood back up here with our second to last wrestler, uh, someone who is still with us, thankfully. I mentioned El Santo earlier. Uh, well, this is his son, El Hijo del Santo who took over the famous silver mask from his dad. Still an active wrestler as well. Uh, Santos' theme, or one of them, that we'll talk about here, is by Carusel Magico. It's off the album Domingo de Luchas, as well as the movie Santo, the Legend of the Man in the Silver Mask. It's simply called Hijo del Santo. say we've had some interesting contrasts between songs so far but this might take the cake because we're going from badass gangster rap to literal children singing a sweet (laughs) ballad about their hero hijo del santo i mean this is as much of a 180 musically as you can get ricardo it's it's insane Definitely, but Andrew, we have to be very careful. We don't want to get sued by El Hijo del Santo. Everything you said could be used against you. Because for those that don't know, El Hijo del Santo is a copyright infringement machine. Like if you... Really? Say, yeah, so be careful. We don't want any cold cabana and CM Punk situation here. All right, <laughs> only nice things. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, that, that, to be honest, El Hijo del Santo, unfortunately, has become a meme. Like... Whenever he posts something or anyone posts a match about him, the comment section is filled with, okay, Hijo Santo is going to sue you. Hijo Santo is coming for you because he sues everyone for misusing the name of El Santo. So, so be careful. And <laughs> joking aside, he sucks. I, I mean, not, not him, the, the song. The song sucks. I hate it. I'm right. <laughs> so cheesy and horrendous. And uh, I hate it. I'll admit I did put this on here for the meme factor. I will admit that because, yeah, this is like the cheesiest, nicest, sweetest theme I've ever heard in my life. You know, not just because of the style of music, of course, but also the point of view, because this is not like first person perspective about Santo or even an adult. This is actual children singing so lovingly about this man, masked angel, the greatest champion 
Against evil, he always fought, and nobody defeated him. Man of silver light, you were always the best. You were a child of heart, and a lion in the ring. Hijo dos Santo, we are the children of yesterday and today. Whoever has seen you will not forget you. You are the hero of my song. Like, there's typical wrestling entrance music bravado and praise, and then there's this. Like, it's so over-the-top and adorable with everything, Ricardo. It, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit too, too much for me. And also, like, as a, as a wrestling team, it doesn't work for me. Like, why would I get excited about these kids singing all these cheesy stuff about a guy? I, I don't know. Like, Ilico de Santo is this legend again he's a superhero that's just like his father starred in some films he's of course carrying the name of a legend and he should be coming out with a more heroic theme song not by children saying all these cheesy things about him i really really don't like this song and i wish he could abuse another one <laughs> <laughs> well well i was thinking like you know in this case where he's supposed to be this you know big cultural hero and whatnot, I think that actually makes sense why he would use this. Because he's supposed to be following his dad's footsteps and becoming this beloved Mexican hero and idol and whatnot, and be part of that like elevated class of luchadors like Mascaris and Blue Demon and whatnot. So to have children sing his praises and shower him with love and adoration, it does help put him in that kind of class, I think, Ricardo. that That's my feeling anyway. Yeah, also like... You're a child. You're an infant who thinks that what you're watching in the ring is real, you know? And, you know, then you watch this guy fighting all sorts of monsters in movies and then defeating the evil guys in the ring. Yeah, definitely. As a a child, you think all this stuff is real. or You probably do. So it kind of fits in that way, but also uh, it doesn't hype me up for the in-ring action, you know? Uh, It doesn't give me any excitement or any sort of emotion beyond uh, cringe. It's very cringy <laughs> sound. And I, I tried researching about this Carousel Magico um, group, which is one I, I've heard before, but I couldn't find any, you know, information specifically about them. They have this album called Domingo de Lucha, which means like Lucha Libre Sunday, and uh, they have other tunes that are actually better than this one there's one that is called again Domingo de Lucha which talks about how fun Lucha Libre is and it's naming people like La Parca and El Santo and and it's a pretty cool cool thing so they have other better themes that than this one <laughs> yeah yeah well well Santo himself has had a couple other themes that are pretty interesting um I looked them up on my research he's used a remix of an Elton John song at one point uh he's also used Sky High meal scene that we played earlier He's also used Cream by Prince. So quite the playlist for old Hijo del Santo, that's for sure, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, a weird mix. But hey, we don't want to talk bad about him. We don't no, want no, 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 no. We love him. We love you, Hijo del Santo. Yes, please don't sue us, kind sir. Please, please. <laughs> so we've reached the final luchador here. And uh, dare I say, Ricardo, we've saved the best for last. Yes. He is the ace of AAA. He's the hero to children everywhere. He has a flamethrower guitar. Yes, it's Psycho Clown, member of Los Psycho Circus, son of the recently departed Brazo de Plata, a.k.a. Super Porky, and our brother of Maximo. Psycho Clown's theme is not Psycho Circus by Kiss. You might have guessed that, but no. 
Instead, it's by Three Dog Night off the album Hard Labor. This is their version of the Leo Sayer song, The Show Must Go On. So if you're a famous wrestling clown, uh, chances are you'll get music that has the entrance of the gladiators in it, uh, aka the clown music. Doink had it, so does Psycho Clown and Low Psycho Circus. So an obvious choice of music for sure, and um, the rest of the song is where things get a little iffy with the lyrics, but uh, regardless, Ricardo, it's such a... A fun, jaunty affair, this whole thing, and you add the entrance to it as well. You just you can't help but love it. Yeah, yeah. Despite the lyrics, it's uh, a song that gives you good vibes, positive vibes. You know, these guys coming out with his flamethrower, ready to have some fun with the kids, and the the ta 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 You know, the 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 start is perfect because it makes you think about a circus about uh, a clown of course by extension but beyond that it's, it's like a great intro to hype you you know it's something grand is coming something huge is about to happen come on fellas come on children adults gather around the ring to, to watch something special and here he comes this guy with the flamethrower you know giving high fives to kids doing all sorts of crazy stuff it, it's kind of the, the lyrics are like n- nothing alike with psycho clown but the vibe of it all, it, it feels like a globe. Yeah, the whole thing is rife with amusing contrasts because the music is very upbeat and peppy, but the subject matter is about a guy who regrets his life choices. Although I chose this lonely life, it seems it's strangling me now. I've been used. I've been a fool. Let me out. I'm so blind. I've wasted time. Like, it's pretty sad stuff. And yet, at the same time, you've got Psycho Clown and Psycho Circus coming out for their entrance and, you know, they're jumping up and down and the fans are going nuts and there's children dancing everywhere and a flamethrower guitar. Like, it's so ridiculous if you think about it. But when you're watching it and you're in that moment, it doesn't matter because it's so much fun and so entertaining. Like, it just, it sucks you right in, Ricardo. Yeah, and, and confession time, when I started uh, really following AAA more closely, I, I hated uh, Psycho Clown. I said, well, what is this guy? He... he... He's a great wrestler. He's no selling his opponent's stuff to ask people to chant for him during a punishment, during a hold. And he suddenly takes out a belt and starts hitting people with it. I 
think the whole act sucked. But then I, I came to this realization about who he is, about what he represents. He is the perfect luchador for AAA because he symbolizes what AAA is. It's a it's madness. It's chaos. It's colors. It's weird gimmicks. It's all this eclectic blend of weird shit thrown at your face. And Cycle Clown is having a lot of fun with that. And that's why everybody loves him or hates him because most adults kind of hate him. But uh, when it comes to children, he's a god. And, you know, I, I've been in a couple of arenas when he comes out and you can feel the earth trembling because of the reaction he, he gets. It's, it's something very powerful. And I, I, I really, I, I started out disliking him, but now whenever I hear his music, I, I honestly jump out of my seat because holy shit, it's like, yes, I am about to be entertained. I am about to watch something fun. That's what Trico Clown is. It's madness. It's It's color, it's fun. Psycho Clown is so much fun, and he knows exactly his role. He, 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 he's AAA. Psycho Clown is the... If you ask me who is the best ace, I, I, I'm not saying this because of ability, of skill, of charisma, but who represents his company the best as, as an ace? It's Psycho Clown, because he represents AAA perfectly. And it's so funny, because... His name is Psycho Clown. Like, <laughs> he wears a creepy clown mask. He doesn't look like a traditional hero or ace at all. And yet, he's the biggest hero in the company. He's the ace. Everybody loves him. You know, children are just dancing in the rampway during his entrance with fire going off. Again, it doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, it makes perfect sense. Like you said, Ricardo, it's like the madness and the fun and the colors and Everything that makes AAA AAA is distilled into this one guy, him. Like, he just, he has that it factor that you can't really explain, but you get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's weird because in CML, he he was Brazo de Plata Jr. He, he's a, the son of uh, Brazo de Plata, also known as uh, Super Porky, who recently passed away, unfortunately. And when he was in CMLL, he was completely unremarkable. Like, he, he, he couldn't fit. He wasn't showing any charisma. Then he, he went over to AAA, and AAA gave him this gimmick of the Psycho Clown character, and everything uh, made click. And again, this is also a testimony of of the creativity of Antonio Peña, who came up with all these ideas, all these gimmicks, you know, the Parca and Octagon and Aerostar and now Psycho Clown. It's really remarkable how, how much he understood his own product and how he used his creativity to, to, to create superstars. And that's what, at the end of the day, what Psycho Clown really is. He's a superstar, and, and despite being a psycho clown and using sometimes <laughs> this weird blend of masks, he, he gets it, and it's such a joy to, to watch him perform. There was a clip going around a few weeks ago where he wrestled a match, and as soon as the bell rang, like a severe thunderstorm came in, oh. and it's just pouring rain, like, Buckets and buckets of rain coming down, puddles in the rain, and he wrestles the match. And he's doing, like, moonsaults or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty crazy to do that, but A, he's Psycho Clown, of course. And B, his song is called The Show Must Go On. Like, that's his whole M.O. That's who he is, Ricardo. 
yeah, he, he's he's charming and he's devoted. You can feel his love for the crowd. He, you can feel he, he might not give you a five star match, but you can feel he's giving it his all to entertain, to give the children his smiles. And that clip is just wonderful. Look at this guy who could have, who, who's an ace, who has a ton of money, who's a star in Mexico. He's risking his his career by by wrestling in the rain, and he. He goes out there and performs and then tweets that he loves his fans and the psycho locos and we are totalmente payasos. And you know, it's such a cool vibe. He has established his fan base in such a smart way and he has um he he has really performed to 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 them, to that crowd that he himself created somehow. It's, it's great, it's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now he's using a different song than this, which is uh very circusy and cheesy and whatnot, but Regardless of song, you know, whatever he comes out to, I know for a fact that Psycho Clown will give it his all and entertain me to the fullest because he's the ace, Ricardo. That's what he does. Yeah, his new theme, it's super cheesy and super childish, but it works. It works with Psycho Clown. It kind of encompasses his whole vibe of, of being a silly character who is loving and who wants you to smile. So <laughs> I, I really like his new theme. Again, it, it's one of those that if you tie someone to a chair and force him to listen to to the new Psycho Clown song, he might go insane in like 10 minutes. But, you know, for, for the context of watching a wrestling show, it works. It works as an entrance scene. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And Ricardo, thank you so, so much for being here. We don't often go down the lucha road here on the show, but... When we do, we bring the experts on, and you are, without a doubt, an expert. And this was just so much fun talking about these themes and these wrestlers with you. This was wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Andrew, and thank you to everyone listening. Try to to watch Triple Mania. I think uh, the Cubs fan, the chat blog, is going to stream it. Uh, so there's no excuse. Uh, join us on Twitter and have a wonderful time. Any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, WallyRGR, that's W-A-L-L-Y-R-G-R. I mainly tweet about the film, sometimes a little bit about wrestling, but mainly about film. I'm a film critic. And you can also, if you speak Spanish, you can follow my podcast, which is called uh, Lucha Jobbers at uh, Lucha Jobbers on Twitter. You can find it. And Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this episode or other topics, you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show... You can do that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're great. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Ricardo, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. For Ricardo Gallegos, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.